to support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Thank you and enjoy the program. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by PB and Joey. Simple, honest, and delicious. Go to pbandjoey.com for more information and check us out on social media. I'm trying to get crazy with this, eh? Don't you know I'm local? Jay here, PositiveSarcasm.com. Hit me up on Twitter at POS Sarcasm. You can find me on the Instagrams at Positive underscore Sarcasm. Not that I think the algorithms are even working in my favor anymore. But I do happen to have an account there. If you'd like to peruse it, you're more than welcome to do so. It's free. Facebook.com slash Positive Sarcasm. MindsMinds.com. Positive Sarcasm. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. You can hit me up on YouTube. I'd appreciate it. Positive Sarcasm over there. Feel like I'm in a malaise. Is that the word? Is that the word when you're just kind of like, you know, dizzy? Oof. I had a soda before this. Not just any soda, a stevia. Stevia. Zero calorie black cherry. Quite tasty. But I heard that too much bubbles is not a good thing for you. But it's better than the other shit people are drinking. And I don't drink it that often. Every once in a while, just like they hit the grocery store and it's like, hmm, I could use some bubbles. So normally I'll get myself like a package of seltzer or stevie or something like that. Shit is expensive though. I don't know why. It's just thing is is you go around go around the grocery store. Never go into the middle of it. You go into the middle of it and that's where you spend a lot of money on shit that doesn't last you ten seconds. I think worst case scenario nowadays, if you walk into the middle of the grocery store, the worst thing you should be walking out of there with a jar is a jar of pickles. But you just go but that's it. Because I'm thinking about it in terms of if you're to, what's the one thing you would eat a shit ton of in a matter of minutes that won't cost you a lot of money? You walk in the middle, you walk in the middle of the grocery store, you see a, you see a sleeve of Pringles. It's going to cost you a dollar twenty-eight, dollar fifty, two dollars. It's going to be gone in ten minutes. Doesn't matter what flavor it is. You're going to be like tired of it of the through half the sleeve. Okay, all right, I just hate half the sleeve. You you put the thing away. Okay, you're good. Twenty minutes later, you're back after that. I didn't care. Like, I bought... That's my biggest pet uh, weakness. It's Pringles. I'll go and... I'll, if I see a new flavor, I, I get, you know... All right. I'll go and I'll see, like, sour cream and onion. I love sour cream and onion. Pizza flavored. Love it. Ranch. Love it. Uh, by the way, we are streaming live from the Spare Parts Studios on twitch.tv slash positive sarcasm one. Hit me up there. Like, subscribe, share. But I'll go into the middle aisles. I try not to. Stay in the produce, stay in the pocket, go get some eggs if you need to, go to the meat aisle, go get your meats, be on your way. You step foot in there and you're looking for salad dressing or something like that, you're going to get in a shitload of trouble. But I see the normal flavors like barbecue flavor Pringles. I know they're delicious, but I've already had them. I know what I'm getting myself into. I know I can use that $1.50 to go get myself some, you know, some gum. Or maybe another thing of eggs or something like that. Or even a nice, like a, a little bit of something. Anything. Anything. But I see that new sleeve of Pringles. I go by and I see honey mustard or buffalo ranch. And it's like, ooh, ooh, they're on sale too. And just, you, you can't, ah. And you just before you're done thinking, before you're done thinking, they're in the fucking bag. Boom. Just like that. They're in, you know, and you don't grab, you never grab a cart. 
you always grab the 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 crate thingy. What do you the the little tiny one? You always grab the little thing because you don't want to grab a ton of shit because you know it's gonna be heavier to carry. So if you go walk in there with a huge cart, you're fucked. You're just gonna walk through every aisle. You're gonna grab fifty percent of shit that you don't even need. Okay, and that's it. You just wait, and it's e- it's easy. Okay, ten fifteen bucks. You're out of the grocery store. You got meat. Vegetables, toiletries. You're done. Okay? You're done. But you spend more than two seconds there. After that, you start looking at this. You you don't you, you deviate your eyes left or right. I, I, I guess this is more of a problem for people who are wide-sighted. So if their eyes are set a little more to the right, like I've seen some chicks, like some really pretty girls, but they got these fucking eyes that are like out there on the side, like like they're like they're white tails. You know, and, and it's in season. They're looking for hunting. It's, it's hunting season. And they're looking for dudes in orange jackets. Like, look out! You know. <sighs> so, you know, they, they, they have that perimeter, that peripheral. So when they walk into the grocery store, they see the exit and they see, and they see the kale. And they're both located on opposite sides of the store. Okay? Like, they can see, they're standing sideways. They can see the deli section and they can see... The, they can see their poodle schnitzu in the fucking car. So they're like everywhere. They can see everything. And especially if they got, you know, fake ADHD, you know, and they can go and check out. They can see they, they're, they're distracted by fucking everything. It's like, you know, oh, I'm just, I'm just running in to grab some eggs. Oh, but kombucha's on sale, you know, and it's like, oh, but I'm also out of toilet paper. So they go down to toilet paper and then they realize that they need extra bars of soap because they're, you know, because God forbid their husband. Or their fucking boyfriend isn't going to buy soap to clean his ass. So you got to do it for him. But when you go there, you start smelling. Because you're a chick, you automatically got to start, or you're me, you got to start smelling all the scents that are in the fucking aisle. Because you're looking at hand soaps and you're looking at bars of soaps. Because you're tired of uh, of Seth, or whatever the fuck his name is, you know, buying the cheap shit that, you know, he, he it just kind of, it's like super dry. Like he, he just buys like ivory soap. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Buys like the ivory soap, the shit that literally just starts to like, like, crumple because it's just pure, pure soap. Like it just it 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 makes you bleed the moment you slide it across your forearms. So you get try to give him something a little nicer, a little bit of moisturizing cream, like that that fake Dove shit. And then you go and you're going down those aisles. The next thing you know, you upgrade them on your soaps. So you spent a little more money there, but then you're smelling the soaps, and then you realize that your candle. Uh, or, or your scent uh, dispenser in the house is done, is, is, is empty or dried out. So you got to get another candle. But you're not at the candle place where candles are cheaper. So you got to go and get one. You got you, Since you're there, I'm going to go pick up a candle here, even though there's $7 more. So the next thing you know, you got a $15 fucking Yankee candle that smells like apple farts. That's in the fucking crate too. So you got the apple thing, which weighs, because candles weigh like 10,000 pounds for some reason. They're made out of fucking plutonium 238 or 239. Or whatever you're supposed to purify it to. I know uranium's 235, but when you purify it, it's like 238. Or it's the other way around when you purify it. You can watch that Chernobyl series. I heard it's pretty good. Um, but then, you know, so you do that. So now you got candles. You got kombucha. You got fucking Pringles. You got fucking hand soap. You got soap for Seth. Fucking Seth. And then next thing you know, you realize that two, you're about to leave. And you're about to leave that section. And then, oh, then bam, there's the eggs. So you grab the eggs. But you've already been distracted because you're heading to the eggs because right next to the eggs or in front of the eggs or on the other side of the eggs are the Entenmann's cakes and donuts. 
And you know we love those fucking donuts. All right, and you've already made it past the aisle where the apple strudels were on sale, and apple strudels are the shit, yo. You heat those up, like a little da- little dollop of cream or whipped cream or something like that, and whoo, you go to bed happy. Maybe a little gassy, but you go to bed happy. Or actually, you really go to bed regretful is what you do. So you're looking at the intimate stones, but you're like, ah, I don't want to touch that. It's cheap shit. But your mind's already on dessert. So you're like, oh, what else do they got? So you go to check to see if Talente's got gelato on sale. So you go down that aisle. And then you go like, okay, what's next? What else do they got here? But then you remember that you're boycotting Ben and Jerry's because they're fucking hippies. So you don't check that shit out, but you realize that you go, okay, you've had all the Talentes. So you realize that that gelato, you're like, oh, that gelato is never going to be as good as the gelato that you had at uh, uh, Cafe Paradiso in Boston. So you're like, what other flavors are, are out there? What are the companies? It's like, oh, well, what about the, uh, the, the, the 100-calorie ones? So you go and check those out. So you're there. And you don't want to leave empty-handed because you made the effort to go down to the ice cream section. So you don't want to leave empty-handed because at this point, you got no fucking restraint whatsoever. Because you already got the salty Pringles in your, in your cart thingy, in your hand cart. And, and so you got to have, if you have su- salty, you got to have sweet, you know, you fucking diabetic fuck. So you got to get the, su- the sweet. So you're going to get the ice cream. So you put the ice cream in there. Boom. So you're good to go. So you got the ice cream now. You got, um, I don't know, uh, a Magnum. Or, or something local, because, you know, you want to support the community. You want to be local. So you get some, you know, Herbert's Farm or some shit like that. Shaker Pond. And then you go that, so you grab that shit. And then you got your Pringles. And you got your eggs. And you got your, your, your kombucha, because it was on sale, even though one thing of kombucha is like $3. Okay. So you have that, too. And then you leave. And you always fucking forget something. You're already home. You wasted 35 minutes in the grocery store getting, and you just spent 40 bucks, okay? Eggs are $3. Toilet paper is 3 bucks. But you've already spent $5 on ice cream, you've, and you've already spent $1 to $2 yeah. on, on fucking Pringles, okay? And you got a scented candle in there. That cost you 10 to 15 bucks. So now you're already at $40 for shit that you didn't even need to begin with. Could have cost you three dollars. All you had to do was beeline it to the eggs and fucking leave. Worst case scenario, you hit the aisle, you, you hit the, the self checkout section, and they got gum on sale for ninety nine cents. So you screw your maximum screw up potential is a dollar, a dollar twenty five, depending upon which flavor of gum that you like to chew on. Whether it's like, you know, Dentine Ice, is that still around, or like Trident, or they got the Trident Five. That those five sensations, those are pretty good. Those cost like a dollar twenty-nine. So that's your worst margin for error. Maybe you want to grab like a diet coke because you know you've been a good, you've been a, a been been a good boy or girl or non-binary lately. So you've been hitting the gym pretty hard and you've been eating pretty clean. A lot of kale, a lot of chicken thighs. So you go ahead and you grab one of those diet cokes. You know, maybe to settle your stomach because it's been a long day of trying to digest stuff. So you've been hitting the hot sauce pretty hard. So you definitely want to get the. The, 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 diet, the Diet Coke or the Coke Zero. You know, Coke Zero because you really, you want to believe that it's actually good for you. But in reality, is that shit will probably take the rust off of the bumper and clean an entire water tower of all the bad paint and paint chips that are on it. But if you have one, it's perfectly okay. All right? It might give you autism by the time you reach 60 years old, but it's still good. So the worst case scenario, the worst case scenario is $3 for eggs and maybe a dollar for a soda and a dollar for gum. Boom, five bucks, you're out. You're out. You're done. Because you're already food prepped from the night before. But instead, you saw those fucking Pringles and you, you, you fell into the depths of hell. 
and now you're 40 bucks deep. That was for, and that's that's the life that we all lead and this is what happens when I don't get enough sleep on a, on a Saturday night because I was waiting for somebody to help me fix my drone because my drone took a little bit of I didn't it, it didn't take a tumble. I took a tumble and I may have already mentioned it in last week's podcast, but apparently the situation was more critical than I thought it was, and I'm going to dive that into that now, if you'll allow me. Uh, if you want to donate to this podcast, you can go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. There's all kinds of numbers there, so please help yourself to helping me. I appreciate it. Find me on all social media. Please like and subscribe to my YouTube. Like and subscribe to my YouTube channel. New videos. Um, I do have some new videos on there, by the way. I'm going to move my coffee thingy out of the way, and I'm going to go into depth about uh, a couple articles, a couple things today about the drone dilemma, the bike ride tragedy, uh, and then some articles that I've been working on. So, but I have been getting some sleep. I got four hours of sleep Sunday night, which fucked me all up throughout the remainder of this week because I was with some crazy dude who was tra- helping me trying to fix my drone. So now that's trying to get my sleep back into order. It's been killing me, and I've been hitting the coffee harder and earlier. Hmm. However, the coffee I've been having is killing it lately because I've been using that pour-over. The pour-over filter uh, is awesome. It takes my coffee up a notch. And uh, I've been making some sweet iced coffees. And I absolutely love it. So for those of you who don't know, Pelican One was – there's a company out there called DJI. They make the most um, user-friendly and reliable consumer drones on the market. Um, they started out with a drone, a, a, a famous drone called the DJI Phantom. There has been, ultimately, there have been variations of, of that series of drone, but there are essentially four four versions. There was the DJI Phantom 1, the, uh, the Phantom 2 Vision, and then there was the Phantom 3. The Phantom 3 was when the drone became the actually reliable, with a great battery time, um... A lot of functions, a lot of reliable user functions. It, it just, well, I'll just go through it. Like, you had 1080p, you had te- uh, the potential for 1080p video, excellent, um, excellent gimbal stabilization, uh, high, uh, high flight time, anywhere between 20 and 25 minutes of flight time, longer distances, and very, and rather safe in the air. There were some downfalls to the Phantom Three because they started being. They were designed between 2013 and 2015 before they upgraded to the Phantom 4. However, you Phantom 3s are still being used on the market to this day for hobbyists and commercial flyers. The more popular drones for commercial purposes are generally the Phantoms and the Inspires. There are other drones, but the Phantom 3 came in three versions. There was the Phantom 3 Standard, which sh- had a 12 megapixel camera that shot up at, that shot video in resolutions up to 2.7K. Uh, and then shot 1080p resolution, which is TV style, at 60 frames per second. And of course the mo- most movies you watch are at 24. So you really get to you really get a lot to play with. Uh, flight um Speed was anywhere between 20 and 35 miles per hour, uh, up to 35 miles per hour in sport mode. 
You could fly it to about a mile. It had a range of about one mile in in uh in rural areas. Um, and it came with a a gimbal stabilizing unit. So when you flew, you can unlock the camera and it would move uh, to create a very uh, uh, cinematic experience when flying. So that was the DJI Standard. came with red stripes. I had a DJI Standard. It was also known as Pelican 1. Pelican 1, however, um, suffered a fatal fall in September of 2017 when uh, an early morning in Concord, New Hampshire, I was having continuous gimbal issues with the, the, with the camera, and I wasn't able to see my video feed. I now have an idea of what the issue was, but I sent the drone up, and as I was doing a strafing shot, a strafing ascension shot over the city, I failed to identify the power lines that I was flying into, and at the last second, I hesitated and was able to pull, was able to, did not reverse my course, and it just wandered. And Phantom 3s will tend to wander a little bit, depending upon the wind or uh, the environment. So you do want to give them a little wider berth. But for the most part, five to seven feet should be more than, more than fine for it to land safely. You can land it in a smaller area than that, but I do generally use cautions with Phantom 3s. Uh... And it hit the power line, and the thing is, is when phantoms or uh, yeah, when when phantoms hit power lines, they their motors go into automatic automatic shutoff mode, and they basically fall out of the sky at that point. You can't restart them; they automatically fall right out of the sky, and it fell into the Merrimack River, and I never saw it again. I watched it sink, but that was the end of that. So Pelican One uh, is currently somewhere at the bottom of the Merrimack. If it's still in the same location, I could pick it up. Pelican 2 came into service about two or three weeks later. I gotta hurry up and pound this iced coffee before it freaking drowns in ice. Pelican 3, I was supposed to buy a DJ... There was a version of the Phantom 3, it's called the Professional. And it, it usually comes in gold. I was unaware that they also made a gold version of the Phantom 3 called the 4K. I mistakenly bought the 4K over the Professional. That was my error. So I don't get as many features as from the Phantom 4, uh, Phantom 3 Pro than I do with the 4K. The huge difference is something called Lightbridge technology, which allows connect, uh, stronger connectivity over longer distances and uh, stronger motors as well. So I made the mistake and sp spent $560 on the Phantom 3 4K. However, has been a very reliable drone. Uh, shoots in, instead of a 2.7K uh, 12 megapixel camera, it comes with a 4K 12 megapixel uh, camera that shoots also in 1080p at 60 frames per second. And uh, it, has a lar it has a stronger controller, which allows for longer flying, longer and stronger flying conditions. Uh, allows me to, I've tested it at about a mile and a half, 8,200 feet, and I could possibly make it go longer, and in sport mode, I can get it to fly up to 40 miles per hour. Uh, so currently, and I've flown it in all many, many different conditions. It's been a great drone, a lot of the features in the 4K though, nowadays the, the for Phantom 4K actually goes for over $600, 
the market has changed due to the FAA restrictions, so I'm not sure what the situa situation is. I'm sure if I looked hard enough, I could find what I'm looking for cheaper. I know that there are other drones out there that are for less money, but in the meantime, the specs are, uh, yeah, it ascends. Its ascent speed is five meters a second. In sport mode, it'll get me up to 40 frames per second. It has great um, still photography modes. You, It has an external SD slot, so you plug your slot in, you take it right out. And uh, let's see, what else? It has a vision position. Unlike the, st the Phantom 3 standard, the Phantom 3 4K has a uh, downward vision positioning system. So it has two cameras that basically shoot down towards the ground and allow me to have a little more positioning, proper positioning, so if I was to fly it indoors, or if I was to fly it over the ground, or if I was landing it, it would be a little bit safer to handle. And it's noticeably different. However, it is a little bit, it's a little more weight, not too much more, more weight, and it does take up a specific amount of space right under the battery. So I'm unable to put battery packs there, or other items there, such as an additional camera. I would have to put them on the landing gear. Well, uh, luckily, GoPros do not weigh much, but I've any any amount of extra weight that you put on the drone, you have to factor in for. Believe me, it makes a huge difference, any amount of additional weight. Uh, let's see. It live streams GPS positioning and its video feed up to 7, uh, 720p, so you actually see what the drone is seeing while you're flying. Okay. Actually, it's seven. It's not 720p live feed. It's 480, which is fine, basically. Uh, let's see. And then, as f and that's pretty much it. I, I, the only there are other drones out there available for the price. You can probably get yourself a Spark, which is smaller and portable. You can get yourself a Phantom Four, which is going to cost you uh, about three hundred dollars more. Which would be your all-around excellent drone. That's a great drone. If you just want an all-around excellent drone, the Phantom 4 is one way to go. If you want to spend a little less, you can go with the Mavic Air. And the Mavic is also coming down in price, too. The Mavic is a little larger, but it's also very portable. I was, tra I was walking down after a successful flight. I was heading down the mountain, and I fell. I was going we were doing, going down the green path. And when I went down the green path... What I'm doing. Hold on a second. That's better. The green path is a little steeper of a descent. So, when a little bit of steeper descent, I slipped. I had a camera in one hand. I had my Sony Alpha in one hand. I had my drone on my back. And I was wearing street sneakers. I was not wearing my yellow. Uh, running shoes, which have a little more grip, but there was a, little, a lot more water uh, heading down this one part of the mountain, and I slipped, and I fell directly on, first of all, I dropped my camera as well, but there was no damage to the camera. I dropped, I didn't drop anything else, but I landed on my back, and I don't have a hard shell case. I have a uh, foam case, and what happened was when I landed, the the landing hit my camera and ruptured my camera. Not only ruptured it, but broke it in about two different pieces. So when I opened the bag on Monday morning, I noticed that the camera was completely detached from the actual drone. So, okay, no problem. 
well, it's definitely a problem because now I don't. Ha I ha basically have a flying toy. I don't have a drone. Okay, that camera is everything. Now I could make do, but I don't want to have. I don't want to do anything half-assed. I could send it up with a. I could still fly the drone. I could attach GoPros to it and whatnot, but. I want to see what the drone is seeing. I want to be able to do stuff with it that's cinematic and helpful and useful. So I went and immediately ordered. Once I knew that it was broken, I went ahead and ordered an entire gimbal assembly unit with the camera attached on it. That cost pre that cost from the DJI certified store three hundred dollars. So basically, I just spent the money it would take me to buy another drone for at least a DJI Spark, so I'd have now a second drone in the fleet, but instead, my stupidity, instead of buying a hard shell case, which I am now going to do with one of my, with, uh, with a little more money that I'm com having coming in, I'm going to get a hard shell case for this drone, period. I have to, okay? It's just, it's things like this where I learn better. I have to, I have to, ma I made these mistakes before. My B Nikon B700, I made that mistake by running around in the rain and completely lost that camera. Granted, that camera was terrible at night, and it did not have, um, and it didn't have external microphone, except for the stereo, the one that was built in. But it shot in 4K. It actually was a very well detailed camera. It had a great zoom on it, and would be very useful at the drift track. But I broke that. That was a $300 item, and it took me about five weeks from breaking that camera to actually eventually ending up with my Sony Alpha. So I learn, and once again now, I've learned the hard way. But after putting the drone camera on myself, reattaching the wiring and everything like that, which is actually not difficult, you can do it on YouTube, the video feed and the updating the firmware that you're supposed to be updating when you put, install new items was not, I was still not getting a video feed. Now I'm in panic mode. I went, I went and checked everything that I could possibly check for being a novice and blah, blah, blah. I'm a change tire type of guy, oil change type of guy. I don't go in and, and take out intake manifolds and stuff. That's not me. I don't do that, okay? I can get frustrated really easily and break something that could be more permanent. So I went ahead and reached out and got a hold of somebody who lives in the area that works on drones, not just drones, but is very good with, with, with boards. Um, and it, in times like these, you meet some very, very interesting people. And in this case, I, 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 there was definitely, this person is definitely eccentric and has lived a life or two. However, is very talented at what they do. And we went, when I say we went down to the heart of the drone, we went in as far as you can go with this bird. Underneath it, there was the proximity sensor and the Wi-Fi downlink module. The Wi-Fi downlink module is inside the proximity sensor. It's basically these two, these two boards, these two little processing boards. One controls the proximity cameras, which allows you to operate the camera indoor. The other board is the Wi-Fi downlink. That is the one that attaches to your controller and attaches to your phone, allowing you to see the video feed. One or, one or both of them was compromised. Normally, it's the wiring. When in doubt, check the wiring. So we took that off. Then we went ahead and we, he, he pulled off the entire head of the drone. So we pulled that off so we could see the entire inside of this bird. Okay. Nerve-wracking to say the least. Because I have $500 worth of material sitting in complete 
shambles. I have a broken camera over here. I have a brand new camera sitting next to it. I have, there's screws everywhere with this person. There's parts everywhere. Nerve wracking to say the least because I do not want to lose this bird. And I have uh, another video coming up next weekend, this coming weekend, where this bird could potentially see further service. And I like to have all my gear at the ready at all times. And not having my drone, it's not ha it's not like it's like ha not having my feet or my hands or or an eye or something. It really it, it's it is a part of me. And not having not being able to have my gear, not having being able to have one of my cameras. When I lost my B seven hundred, I immediately went through like three other different cameras, and one I would get one, have it ready for that weekend, return it because I didn't like it. The next weekend, have another camera ready for that event and immediately return it. Uh, after the B seven hundred broke, I had the Canon SX sixty for I say one or two vlogs. I had it for two vlogs, returned it. Had the and and then I had the Nikon B the Nikon D fifty two hundred, which actually was not a bad camera, but the I was I didn't know a lot about DSLRs at the time, so I ended up getting a a cheap Tamron twenty four to seventy millimeter lens. But it was not an electronic lens, so you had to manually focus it yourself, and it had no visual stabilization. So you had to you had to manually zoom, manually uh, focus it, and it had no image stabilization. So it was everywhere. So I had no wide angles whatsoever, and it was nuts. I immediately returned that after week ninety, and by week ninety one, I had the Sony Alpha and got an external microphone with it, and it was good to go. But this drone has been, but that was when I was doing the weekly vlogs. Now I'm doing more, uh, now I'm taking my time in these projects. But I want to have everything ready to go, and it hurts to not have the drone because this is, this, this is an important piece of material for me. It, I, I love having it. I love the freedom that it gives me to explore new territories and give you guys a viewpoint that you've maybe never seen before. So to have it is a wonderful thing. And this drone, even though it was made in like 2015, is definitely obsolete by many factors. It doesn't even have it doesn't even have obstacle avoidance, and it's not a quiet bird. But I have, but for sure, it is a great piece. It's a great piece of gear for me, and it hurts to not have it. So we were at the heart of it. Then by the time we started to put a couple things together, we test. He tested out a couple things. We figured out that it was maybe one or two or three different issues possibly. He cleaned up a couple of things, reattached the wires, then we tested the camera. The drone is still in pieces though, but we had enough of it put together where we could actually start it up, put a battery in, put a battery in it, start it up, and test the camera. And then test the app with the video feed through it. And sure enough, literally at like the midnight hour, it came to life. It had a heartbeat. And I felt so much better. So I immediately went and canceled. I can show you my eBay purchase history. It's been nuts lately. I immediately went and canceled the two parts that I had coming in for it because I had literally purchased them like 10 minutes before the heartbeat happened. And then I said, that's enough for tonight. Put the drone back together. Uh, when you get a chance, I want, and then I will test fly it later this week and have it ready for the bike week thing if, if needed this weekend as long as I have it. Because I do have another project that I'm also finishing up on top of that that requires the bird. 
So right now the drone is still being reassembled, which won't take long to reassemble it. But I need to make sure I go out and test fly it, test the video links, and test its durability out there to make sure that it's good to go. It hurt to watch knowing that I've been very careful with this bird. It has a zero flight crash test rating. It has a, it has a zero crash record. It's, it's, I've never even tipped it. I still have the same props on it from purchase. And for that to happen was very discouraging. Um, and then I hope to fly it for another two years until I retire. So these things do happen, but you try to minimize these issues as much as possible. And if it's going to cost you an extra 20 to 30 bucks to protect it, not with a warranty or anything like that, but with an actual piece of material like a gear or a camera bag or something like that, to protect your gear from the inevitable what if, I absolutely encourage you to do so. Okay, these hard shell cases were designed for a reason, and the gimbal lock, which I did, which is also an important piece. The gimbal lock is a big deal because the gimbal lock that comes with the DJI Phantom Three, it is a little key that you push into the side that locks the camera and the gimbal in place with each other, so that the thing doesn't jiggle around when you're walking with it on your back. Because this is a sensitive piece of material, you have these gears that move so the drone can move the camera back and forth and up and down and keep it stable. And if that thing's just jiggling around, you place it down your bag, any type of shock can damage it. And the one that comes with the drone is dog shit. So I went and finally purchased a real lock, a good lock, that fits strictly to the front of the drone, the front of the gimbal that locks it in properly so that this popping off issue won't happen again so that will be done hopefully within the next day or two and get this baby up and be done with that because all my gear i want to i i want to have all my gear at the ready and it just it hurt my weekend it hurt my sleep it slowed down my progress on some of my projects and i don't like to be slowed down with that shit and lately i've been feeling it a lot it's not the heat. It's just me. Sometimes you mentally just slow down, you know, and I was tired, so I couldn't hit the gym Monday night. I could, but I figured it was best to just come home, lick my wounds, and get some rest. And in my opinion, that was the smarter decision than most. So that will, I love that bird, and I'm going to fly it for another two years, and I'm also going to get an additional one possibly in the wintertime to complement the Phantom 3, possibly a spark or um, a unique Typhoon Q, depending upon what I plan on doing. Uh, but if I'm going to be traveling, then a Spark or a Maverick Air would probably be my best bet. Spark will be cheaper. Because I'm looking at it this way. It's like, do I want to invest in another more expensive drone or something that shoots in 4K? Or do I want to make sure that I get... Because I do need to upgrade my primary care camera. My primary camera is a Sony Alpha, which is a great camera, but... It does lack in some departments, such as the uh, the tilt screen. It's a fl it's a flip up screen, and the flip up screen is blocked by the proprietary external microphone. So I would like an articulating LCD panel like the Canon Rebel SL2 has, which is a true DSLR, and get an that would be my primary, and then serve and then create my turn my Sony Alpha into a backup. And it would be a really good backup. It's a great camera. Right now, my backup is a Nikon D3100, which is a good camera, but 
I don't get a lot of the capabilities that the Sony Alpha does. And right now, my, right now, my purchase history on eBay has been insane. Like today, I ordered a mounting plate for my GoPros. Okay, so I'll go through my. I'm gonna go through my history on my freaking on my purchase history through eBay in the last year. All right, the mounting plates for the GoPros are not much. They're about eight nine bucks a pop. Okay, that'll allow me to put my GoPros onto my uh, Zion Q gimbal gimbal stabilizer, which is designed for cell phones and can any camera under six ounces or seven ounces, basically. So you need the, but you need those mounts in order to properly put on the GoPros. The GoPros are another thing. So we'll get to that. Also, GoPro Hero 3 backpack camera monitors. GoPro Hero 3s do not have viewing screens, but you can purchase them for relatively inexpensive. Uh, when I originally brought, bought my new cell phone, a Samsung Galaxy S9 Plus, the first day of reviewing it, now the camera's essentially, you know, break break proof, you know, shatterproof. However, the glass that covers the camera is not. I broke that thing the first fucking day. I went and actually purchased that. That cost me $3.98. Uh, I cleaned up the lens on the inside and put a new one on there. So... I bought a camera lens glass for adhesive replacement for Samsung Galaxy S9 Plus. Then I went and bought a DJI Phantom 3 4K Edition 3 Access Brushless Gimbal. That's $299. Uh, and then because I wanted to try out, try out some new wax for my car, I went and bought Glass Nano Hydrophobic Car Ceramic Wax Coating Cloth and Waterproof Agent Spray. Then I went and bought a Polar Pro Phantom 3 Edition lens cover, gimbal lock protection for my new gimbal. Uh, then I also went and bought uh, color-coded True Blue Metallic Professional Touch-Up Paint for my car. Then I went and bought U.S. Standard Frame Border Mounts, so actual mounts, mounting frames, for my GoPro Hero 3s. And of course, on top of that, for the Hero 3s, I bought two Ceramonic G-Mic Stereo Ball Microphones with foam and furry windscreens. And then, of course, uh, for my GoPros, which I bought two pre-owned GoPro Hero 3 Pluses, 1080p, 10 megapixel action cameras. I bought two of them for 40 bucks a pop. And of course, on top of that, I need the accessories. So I went and bought a GoPro camera accessory. Uh, how many accessories? It looks like fucking 30 of them. So it comes with the chest, the chest, uh, the chest plate, the head mount, the uh, the waterproof, uh, the the buoy mount, the extension mount, uh, the selfie stick, basically, and then of course all the ones with the sticky pads, which are freaking awesome, by the way, the suction cup and the alligator grip, which worked well in uh, the episode sideways hold my beer. So that was thirty one bucks, plus the eighty dollars for two GoPros. Plus the $70 for two stereo microphones, because GoPro microphones are dog shit. Plus the mounting units, the the border mounts, which were $7.52. Those took forever to get here. And then, of course, I, because I have a new, uh, I had a new server come online for positive sarcasm. I had to go and get uh, Arctic Silver. It's thermal paste for the, for the core, so the core doesn't burn out while I'm running it. I don't need that to happen. Uh, and then, of course, some car accessories. Uh, let's see, what's that? Glossy blue dark tint, molding trim, which didn't work, an armrest pad, uh, which on my car's model, the armrest is is stiffer than dick. 
Uh, so an armrest pad actually made all the difference. And then, of course, I remember when I was talking about going, uh, going, uh, turning off all digital items when I go to sleep at night. I ended up getting an alarm clock, which has been working out quite well for me. And then a bunch of candle cancel items. Then I brought this rescue computer back to life. Uh, I ended up getting a new battery for it, which cost me $13. So there you go. So I've been spending uh, a significant amount of money on fucking eBay. Uh, or I've been buying a significant amount of items. They may not necessarily be expensive. But see, there are some things that this is called the spare parts studios because a lot of this is built out of spare parts. My, uh, a lot of my gimbals are spare. A lot of my, my tripods are spare parts. A lot of my computers are spare parts. My monitors are spare parts. Uh, <clears throat> uh, the furniture is all leftovers. But there is a lot of my gear that I actually do purchase. You just may not notice that a lot of it is not brand new. I don't need a GoPro Hero 7, okay? I don't need uh, a, the latest i7 or Ryzen 9 computer. There are some things, though, that I'm just going to have to buy, though, in order to take this to the next level. So the GoPros were a great accessory. Having the drone is a great viewpoint. Having these viewpoints are, are will allow me to see things from a different point of view. They're, it's been very, very helpful. And sometimes you got to shed a couple dollars here and there in order to make it happen. And I do need to invest in this company more if I were to get those viewpoints. And the more projects I work on, the more I can test the items and I know that what extent I can use them so that I can better sell myself to potential clients. So, I'm constantly moving, I'm constantly on the run, I'm constantly doing shit. And yet, I, the faster I go, the more I see people getting slower, getting dumber, okay? I'm no perfect human being, I make a lot of mistakes. But I try to make up as much time as possible. And I just see humanity getting dumber and stupider and relying on medication and, and government. So I'm like, I just see them talking about all their fucking problems. And it just annoys the piss out of me. I have to shut it. It's so hard to disconnect because it's all around you. You know, I'm in high speed moving, in, in, moving at excessive speeds in the passing lane. And it's almost like they're turtling by. But I don't care if you're if you're just turtling by. That's your life. Live it. But don't be in the passing lane when I'm trying to hurl to my next destination. I don't need you doing that while dry while I'm driving. Or while I'm walking. The same rules apply when on the highway is if you're walking through a hallway or on a sidewalk or whatever it is that you're doing. You gotta move to the right. Okay? That's life to you. That's my message to you or in life. If you are not going to be fast, move to the right. Get in, the, get, in, get in the slow lane. Get the fuck out of my way. People are walking slower because they're staring at their phones. Get the fuck out of my way. I don't care what tr speed you're traveling at, okay? If the lane is clear, if you're doing 90 or 50, once you've cleared traffic, get in the fucking right lane. If you're walking at three miles per hour and I'm moving at four miles per hour, get in the right lane. Let me pass. Get out of the get out of, out of the way on the sidewalk. Get out of the way of the hallway. You're slowing me up. Move to the right. I swear to Christ, I could cut hours, hours off my daily commute 
my daily travel, my daily movement, if all the fucking meanderers would just move to the right, okay? And then, and yet, at my movement, at the speed that I move at, when I'm trying to get shit done, you move past them, what's the first thing they do? They look at me like I'm some asshole. Well, guess what? I am. And then maybe if you put enough effort into life, maybe you can be one too. And the good news about being an asshole is you could get more shit done. Ta-da! That's what life's all about. Congratulations. You fucking learned something. Be the asshole. Be the monster. Be capable of it. Be more aggressive. Okay? It, you'll get more shit done. If you're moving at 80, though, which is a good pace. I'm going to sneeze. There we go. If you're moving at 80, but somebody else is moving at 90, get out of their way. You're still doing 80. There'll be a day, there'll come a day when you need to do 90, and they'll be doing 80. And they'll get out of your way. But for the time being, if you're going slow and your life is slow, move to the right. Get out of my way. I got shit to do. I got stuff to move around. I got things to clean. I got projects to work on. If you got questions, put your pedal to the metal, get up to my speed, and ask them. And I find it it's annoying to me that the amount of time that I spend stuck in life with you slow fucks, I could be getting to my destination and doing something far more productive, far more enjoyable. It's annoying. Cars are faster than they've ever been. Ever. The Tesla P100D, okay, does zero to 60 in like two seconds, okay? My car is definitely not an electric speed bomber, but my car does zero to 60 in like five, six seconds, okay? No problems there. So what are you doing? We're, we, can, we have the ability to be healthier than, either, than we've ever been. We have the ability to move faster than we've ever been. We get information faster than we ever have. Why are you going so slow? And better yet, worse yet, why are you getting in my way? And why do I have to repeat myself? Are you not paying attention? Okay? Fucking move in or move off. Keep up or move to the right. Okay? Thank you. Now, if you want to support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel and all my other stuff that I've been working on. I do have this weekend coming up. And apparently, uh, this is actually an article that I do want to bring up. I didn't really know about it until I got a text message. There, the bike community, I know bike weekend was slow. I don't give a shit about bike week, blah, 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 blah. But there, maybe I... There are some nice people who uh, I do work with for these bike rides. Um, I have one coming up. It's this big bike ride with a police escort and all other jazz. Um, and apparently there was normally when it hap- when bike week happens, there's usually one big accident and a lot of people die. And 
this year was no exception. <coughs> so apparently they knew these bikers that I'm going to be working with this weekend. Uh, apparently they knew one of them very well, and it was a big it was a big tragedy. Um, check you check out the article. This is uh there's a bunch of articles on it, but this one comes from the Boston Herald. Uh, it was let's see. Sean Philip Claudier, who's that? So this is by Lisa Kaczynski and Sean Philip Cot uh, Cotter of Boston Herald. Uh, bikers, veterans, mourn victims of New Hampshire motorcycle crash. Uh, the devastating crash that left seven bikers from Massachusetts veterans group dead. A catastrophe one New Hampshire cop called, quote, the worst tragic incidents in recent Granite State history. Hits home for fellow bikers and veterans, two tight-knit communities. The seven bikers killed three or more injured in a Friday night crash in Randolph, New Hampshire, were on their way up to the American Legion DuPont Homes Post Number 82, where their Jarheads Motorcycle Club organization, Jarheads are, those are military vets, I think they're called, I think they're Marines, but they're, you know, it's military, uh, military term. Uh, they were going to have their annual meeting up there in the south of Boston. The picture doesn't look good either. Quote, it's a brotherhood, and we know each other, and we take care of each other. Navy veteran Michael Demur said of the Post, told the Herald about the horrendous crash only a few miles up the road. We're all military. We're all brothers in the military. We don't have a bunch of months to get to know somebody. You meet them and their family. Biker Bill Brown, 73, uh, age 73, a Vietnam War veteran from nearby Bethlehem, rode over to the plant American flags along the crash site in honor of the uh, fallen brethren. This is a matter of paying respects, Brown said. They didn't need to die the way they did. Uh, police are seeking information about what led up to what led up to when the driver identified as a 23-year-old as 23-year-old Vladimir Zukovsky's Dodge pickup truck smashed into a group of at least 10 bikers. Uh, anyone with videos, photographs, or information is asked to call uh, police at 603-271-3636. The 2016 Dodge 2500 pickup, Jesus towing a car-hauling trailer, was headed west on Route 2 around 6.30 on Friday when it struck several motorcycles heading east, authorities said. It's one of the, quote, one of the worst tragic incidents that we've investigated here in the state, New Hampshire Tra State Police Colonel Christopher Wagner said. Three other bikers were injured, including one who was med-flighted to Maine. Two others were treated and released. Uh, no arrests have been made. Authorities did not say the driver remained on the scene, nor if drugs or alcohol played a factor, blah, 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 or if it was sun glare were involved in the crash. Oh, Jesus. So, yeah, I got a text stating that um, these people that I'm going to be riding with on Saturday, they apparently knew one of the people very well and that it, it hit pretty hard. It was close to home. They're doing okay, so I have to take that into account. Because uh, I'm going to be, you know, just one of those things that you kind of have to put in the back of your head when you're filming. These little things. Because you never know, especially with me, what you say or what you do. You know. But it, it was never really an issue with me. But it's one of those things that I'm going to be happening. And that this is not the first time shit like this happens. It's just a group of bikers going down the road. There's a ton of them everywhere. And next thing you know, somebody's out there. And this just happens. It sucks, but... So I don't know what I'm gonna fly into, but apparently now they have a now they have a state police escort uh, all the way up to Berwick, Maine, and this will be basically my Saturday. And this eventually will get up on YouTube. Uh, I will be this will be in the charity stuff section, uh, which is it's a Hero Pups event, so Hero Pups gigs always go in the charity section. 
of my YouTube page. Uh, hopefully, I'll have the other episode that I've been working on done before I'm uh, on the road on Saturday with Laura and her crew. If not, I'll have it done by Sunday and post it as soon as it's done, and then I will con- and then I will start work on uh, the Hero Pups uh, charity vlog, which are always fun. They're they're light, they're exciting. It it's a great. Laura always allows me to work on concepts kind of fl- uh, freelance. Laura has never really. What's great about her is she's never really told me specifically what to do in the episodes. There's been no directorial anything. She's made, I've, I've asked her questions about maybe who to thank or if there's a specific thing that she wants me to point at um, or uh, special recognitions in the description box down below. But as far as directorial freedom, cinematic freedom, she's given me complete... Uh, Complete control. Complete. And as far as all the episodes I've done for her, uh, I think there was maybe two or three that she maybe just didn't like. Just flat out wasn't a fan of. At least personally that I, I would know of. Um, but the other one, she was, it was great. Like I said, I'm not needed, but she wants to have me there and it's it's great, you know. So that is one thing I'm taking into account is is that going on. But I think it'll be successful. Apparently it's going to be bigger than the one I did last year. You can check it out. I did, was it week 74? It was called the New Hires. Um, I guess, I don't know what I'm going to call this, New Hires Part 2. Um, maybe I'll call it Police Escort. That's actually not bad. Uh, so, Police, P-A-W, since it's for the dogs, Hero Pups, I can go P-A-W, Police Escort. Police Escort. Hmm. We, that's actually not bad. Um, <clears throat> paw enforcement. <laughs> that's terrible. All right. So that's Saturday. Um, so I'll be in the Hero Pups car. Maybe I'll get a GoPro and strap it to one of the bikers. That'd be pretty sweet. And yeah, so I'll be doing that all day. It's fun to travel with them. It's something to do. And it's a great vlog. It's for a great cause. And I love to do it. I love fucking doing it. So overall, that'll be that. And uh, then I'll get the other one done. And then I can thankfully... Once I get that shit out of the way, I can go back to working on Project Disconnect, and I can go back to. I have a couple promo projects I want to work on. I gotta get. I gotta get in contact with Team Polkin, and I gotta work on another one, a quick one, which will only take me two seconds to get done, and then I can move on from there. And then once, if I actually ever get fucking Project Disconnect done, I'm immediately gonna start working on Project Blackbird again. Um, that one, that requires just. I gotta be in the moment for that. And, of course, a couple other things, but I got to focus on August is going to be July and August are going to be interesting months for me. Um, If all goes well, uh, I'll get right after it because then I'll have all all of September to uh, strike while the iron's hot. I'll still have plenty of daytime. Uh, It'll still be warm out and I'll still have access to everything I need. I just have to take full advantage of it. By the time October gets around, it starts to get cold here. The sun goes down quicker. I get more discouraged. Um, which sucks. That's that's the reality of living up here. But we'll see. Anyways, what time is it? Uh, we're at 55 minutes. Hmm. Let's see. So we talked about the drone dilemma, which is being resolved, the bike ride tragedy, my drone setup, my eBay purchases, and the biker crash. So, okay. Um, I guess we'll talk about this. So... All right, this is from, this is the, we'll do one article, and then we will get the hell out of here. Uh, this is from CNET, 
by Daria Singh. Charge your phone with solar power as a first step. As a first step of going green. This Windows Solar Charger is cheaper and less obtrusive. To, way to go to green. Okay. Crystal Prusuede, uh 30, created the Windows Solar Charger for people who are in the beginning stages of going zero waste. Dressed in casual pink t-shirt and loose gray cardigan, greets me in a smiling in the Brooklyn, shocking, Brooklyn, co-working space ADO. She leads me to the, her wooden desk, located in a room that's well-equipped with everything from laser cutters to 3D printers. Placed alongside thin strips of bamboo and glue tubes is something that appears to be a picture frame, but it doesn't display your family photos. The photo is a, pro, is a project, the object is a project, that, persuade, that she calls the window solar charger. It's a thin cluster of black solar panels suspended in a transparent plastic sheet and framed in bamboo. Designed to collect energy and store an elliptic-sized battery that's found on the bottom edge of the device. It also houses a USB port, which can charge your phone, AirPods, and other gadgets. The window solar charger, which costs $149, ew, is meant to, as a cost-effective alternative to rolling out so, roof solar panels, which you can run, th which can run you thousands of dollars, and more aesthetic for homes for building solar panels made for camping. A transparent design and minimal size are meant to make less visually obtrusive in the home. The charger is part of a broader push for sustainability. At a time when Apple says it's powered by 100% clean energy and Amazon plans to car cut its carbon footprint in half by 2030, many consumers are also looking for ways to reduce their impact on the environment. Persuade sees her rig as an opportunity for people who are in the beginning stages of going to zero waste. I care, quote, I care about sustainability and I'm not going to sacrifice convenience and style as awful as it sounds. She, she's a native of Oakland, New Jersey. Quote, a lot of people are like that too, so why not bring it to them instead of asking to change them too much, blah, blah, blah. She previously worked in DIY education, did a little bit, exceeding her target of 10,000. Oh, good for her. So passion for art and science, and she's working on this little thing. It's, okay. Yeah, it's basically just a window charger. It's a solar panel that goes in your window, and you can charge your cell phone or a battery unit or something like that. That's great. That's great. I don't care what your fucking per what your opinion is of like global warming or climate change or whatever. This is more about uh, waste and what we have available to us. I get it. Can solar panels power a city? Probably not. But can you have an atrium? Can you? I mean, about all about efficiency. Okay, efficiency is everything to me. If you could have phone systems and street signs, okay, power power uh, power lines and all that shit or. Or, or, or information, and it's all, the, the sun is right there. The sun is giving us energy every second of every day, except when it's cloudy. Then it's not happening every second of every day, right? See where I'm going with this? But if you have, a, if you have solar panels and wind turbines in, in, all throughout the areas of the city, okay, that are, who's that? <clears throat> that are powering little things that you can use or certain sections of the city that use a lot of juice. Like, for example, say at like every traffic sign, every traffic light uses a lot, a certain amount of energy. What if all those traffic lights had, or those crosswalks had solar power on top of the street signs? How much power, how much power could, could they make? You know? How much power could they could they sustain? Could they use? Would it be more fuel efficient to have solar panels for every traffic signal? Um, if you need to charge your phone, 
why are we plugging char plugging into the system? Why don't we have solar panels for these charge for these charging stations? And they have battery backups in the back, of course, for cloudy days. So you can still run over to this thing and charge your battery on, on your phone or on your iPod or something while you're sitting there drinking your mocha latte from Starbucks. You know, so you could do that. Or if you don't have access to the sun a lot, you could have little wind turbines on top of your building. And why not in these atriums for these super expensive buildings? Uh, putting, you know, with solar panels and wind turbines and whatever on the inside. So you're maximizing the amount of efficiency that go through the building. Uh, let's see, a comment from Twitch. Who are you? I'm Jay, PositiveSarcasm.com. Who the fuck are you? Anyways, moving on. So why not cities be more fuel efficient? I don't, are more efficient with their energy. It's totally there. It's totally usable. So why don't you just take advantage of it? Okay, it's all there for you to be done with. And I think that going forward, if anybody is to build an intersection, and I think it'd be a great way. This has nothing to do with climate change or global warming. I think it should have everything to do with just efficiency of power. Okay? Self-reliability. And if you create every street sign, okay, every street sign um, or every traffic light or every building can be equipped with a certain amount of solar power that maybe powers emergency lights or security systems or whatever have you. Imagine how much that's going to cut down on the long term. Could it? Po I'll ask the question. Could it possibly cut down on the long term costs of the city in general for powering the city from the street lights to the sidewalks and then the corporations with their electricity bills, the solar paneling, the wind? Okay. The wind, think about that. You have these air conditioning ducts, these heat ducts, these atriums, these wind tunnels. Can there be power? Can you use, is there power to be available inside there? Okay. Every car, every new car being built, can you put solar panels in there? Sidewalks. Can sidewalks, can sidewalks have solar panels built into them? Can the benches on the sidewalks have solar panels in them? Can the trash have solar panels in them? Every spot where you can plug in and create energy and send it to battery power and, and power everything. Why not? Why wouldn't you make a one? Why, why wouldn't you want to make a city more efficient that way? I don't see this as a, a difficult task considering the amount of shit that we do already. Elon Musk, well, except for yesterday, he's landing, he's automatically landing throttle boosters from space on little platforms out in the middle of the ocean. If he can do that, you tell you can't tell me that you can't power a street sign using so, the solar pan paneling that's built into it, using these hyper-efficient uh, LEDs. I've seen those LEDs. They take almost nothing. They don't, they don't, they take almost nothing. I'll get to your comment. They almost nothing to power those LEDs. It's almost no battery life at all. Now, this guy says solar panels don't have that long a life expectancy. That may be true. But if you work in that market long enough, let's say for an example, the first car or the first toothbrush or the first anything, if you keep working on it, if you get a high demand for that market, okay, if you get a high demand. Let's say the, the demand for solar power goes through the roof. You're gonna What you're going to have is more people working in that market making solar paneling more durable 
more efficient, longer lasting, more everything, and cheaper because the demand will be there for it. So if they're not that reliable right now, what's to say that it won't be down the road? Why not? It's there. And I know that the, there's a, there could obviously be a durability issue depending upon weather, how long they last before they decay, decay or flake or whatever. But the more demand you have for them, I don't see why not have a larger demand for them. And there's more people working in that, so you're creating jobs. And there's more R&D. R&D is everything. We should be spending more money on how to create a more efficient city. And I don't mean like what San Francisco is doing by banning e-cigarettes but still allowing people to fucking poop on the sidewalk while you're having your lunch. Not like that. I'm talking about an actual city that utilizes the energy that's just that's sitting there waiting for them. So I'm just, I'm, that's a conversation to be had at another time. But we are at an hour and four minutes uh, I know people are just uh, jumping into the podcast, but I'm rap- actually wrapping up because I'm coming at my hour and four. So uh, if you want to shoot me questions for next time's podcast, you can hit hit, hit me up directly at positivesarcasm.com and hit the contact section. Or you can just email me directly, positivesarcasm at outlook.com. So if you have questions or concerns or comments, um, make sure you're not a troll because I don't have time for that shit. But if you have questions or comments or something you want me to investigate or an article you want me to look at, Send me the link, send me the information, I'll look into it, and I will address it on next week's podcast. I do every, I do one of these generally every single week around the same time, and if I have a guest in studio, I'll obviously let you know. Uh, but you can, uh, uh, solar panels, we can, like I said, the more people work on it, the long, there's more capacity, there's more ability for them to be durable, longer lasting, and more efficient. So, that's with anything. Cars, toothbrushes, computers, anything. Okay. So, we are done here. You can hit me up on Twitter at POS Sarcasm. You can find me on Instagram at positive underscore sarcasm. Facebook.com slash positive sarcasm. Minds, minds.com slash positive sarcasm. Don't go to my web, my YouTube channel. Look me up, positive sarcasm. Like, subscribe, share, please. There's some good stuff on there. Some, not all. That's for sure. I had some bad episodes. Got a lot of bad episodes. Um, but yeah, you can hit me up in all those areas. You can hit me up on all social media. Um, go to my website, positivesarcasm.com. There's all kinds of stuff there. There's movie reviews. There's posing music for you bodybuilders out there, you weightlifting motherfuckers. Um, there's old articles from back in the day when I was certifiably crazy. And there's all, and you can also check out my YouTube stuff as well, there as well. So if you have any questions or comments, you can email me directly, contact me in any way, shape, or form, sign to those DMs, and uh, I'd be more than happy to uh, answer your questions or talk to you about what have you. But we are at an hour in six minutes and 43 seconds, 44 seconds, 45 seconds, blah, 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 blah. Uh, I will have more articles and more questions and more comments and more thoughts for you on next week's podcast. I look forward. I will be on the road this weekend, of course, with the Hero Pups gang doing a charity event across state lines. i got to figure out what I'm going to name it. But until next time, I will talk to you guys next week. Thank you for listening, watching, subscribing. This has been a positive sarcasm presentation. To support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate.